This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, we're going to Isaiah chapter 1, and as I said, if you go there, uh, we're going to receive the tithes and offerings tonight. This is a, a, a passage that I'm going to read here in just a second. I believe it will minister to your heart because as a, a steward, a good steward, there's, there's three really, really key areas that you must be a good steward in. The, the first one is you must learn to spend wisely. And again, that's, that's not easy, okay? To spend wisely, you're going to have to make some adjustments. That may hurt. The second area is you must learn to save. You can't spend more than you have coming in. I've lived a life where I had more month than money. It is not pleasant. And the third area of a great steward is that I learned to give biblically how God tells me to. So listen to what the Lord says here in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Not out of logic, not out of, of reason, but if you are willing and obedient. One translation says, if you will only obey me. And so, so much of what takes place with us on these areas, do I obey what God tells me to do? And when I talk about blessings, we all want to be blessed. If I ask how many of you want to be blessed, it should be unanimous. I all, every one of us want to be blessed. But how many of us want to obey and do what God tells us to do? So if I'll do what the Word of God says, and I'm obedient. And here's one of my favorite sayings. Every sacrifice is based on preference. Every sacrifice. I don't care what it is. And so choose this right now to say, I'm going to put God first, even in my, my giving. And you watch what God will do. And there's two of you that are in agreement. Well, let's pray. Father God, we love you. We honor you tonight. Father, we ask for grace tonight. Grace us to spend wisely and to save and give like you told us to. But Father God, the greatest thing, grace us in the area of obedience in our life to obey you like you ask us to. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, I'm delighted to see you here. Go with me to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1, and as you're turning there, we've got a few things. Again, the, the, the back-to-school bash is, is next Wednesday. Also on the 20th is baby dedications. Uh, on 913, we have partnership. I know there's a whole crew of you that are lined up for that. So that is on the, the uh, 23rd. And last of all is, is the youth crew start up again this Sunday at 6 p.m. All right, we are in our study on, on faith. And so I want to be, start in this area here on, on uh, James chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness. Now, if how I live didn't matter, why would James tell me this? Lay aside all filthiness. Anything that's morally impure and overflow of wickedness. Any form of wicked conduct. Do you know one translation says any form of wickedness? It says demonic activities. Now this was the first thing he says here to us. And then he goes on to say, and, and receive with meekness 
the implanted word of God. In other words, I've got to get to a place in my life where I absorb the word of God. I take the word of God in and I take it in and I take it in and I take it in. Remember Matthew 4, 4, the Lord Jesus says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I got to learn to eat on the word of God daily, okay? Day by day by day. Now, I don't need a show of hands, but some of us eat more than three meals a day physically. Man, we, we, we are like clockwork. My stomach will start talking to me at certain times in the morning, at noon, and again in the evenings. But again, the, the old evangelist, Miss Wigglesworth, said this. He said, we feed our natural man three hot meals a day, and we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week, and we wonder why we're spiritually malnourished. So when he says here, receive the implanted word of God, which is able to save your souls. One translation says the word of God has the power to deliver you. Now, how many of us in here has the word of God caused us to be saved? I acted on the word of God. I got saved. How many of you in any area of your life has the word of God set you free? Where you can look and say, because of the word of God, I'm set free. I, I no longer do the things I used to do. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. So don't just listen to the word. So if you listen just to the word, that is the essence of deception. He said, you've got to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. You must obey the word of God for the word of God to work for you. I remember years ago, I was preaching on these lines, and in Matthew 18, there's a passage in there that says, where if two of you on earth will agree on anything, God will move. And so after the service was over, I was standing right down here, and this guy comes up to me and goes, I got a big job interview tomorrow. And he said, I know God will move if you'll get into agreement with me in prayer. And I kind of looked at him and he said, the Bible said, if we'll agree, pastor, you got to agree with me. You got to. And I said, I'll agree with you. But I remember that specifically because that guy that night, he said, I'm not leaving till I act on the word. I do the word. Same, same chapter, verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the perfect law of liberty is the word of God. The word of God will set you free. He goes on to say, and continues in it. He continues to respond in it. Now think about that. I, I've got to continue in it day by day by day. It doesn't say if you just hear it one time. That's kind of like filling your car up with gas. It'd be nice to fill it up one time and that's it. But that didn't happen. I must continue in the word of God day by day. So you know what this tells me? We've got to learn to discipline ourselves, even in the Word of God. Feed on the Word of God on a daily basis. Continue in the Word of God, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. The one who brings effort and discipline to do the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, the only way I'm blessed, according to that verse, is I got to get into the Word 
and I got to obey it. Now, when I read that thing called blessed, I, don't, I, I like the thought of being blessed. Ooh, I like. But I got to continue within the Word of God. Now, turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, in a couple weeks, I was on this passage, and I, I didn't leave here real happy with me. I didn't think I tied some ends together like I should have, so I'm going to re, rewind on this just a little bit. So as you're turning to Luke 17, the, the Lord Jesus said this. He said, in this world, you're going to face tribulations. You're going to face tribulations. They're going to come. You're not exempt from them, and I'm not exempt from tribulation. They're going to come. And so Jesus is telling his disciples as he's looking at the boys, you're going to face tribulations. Is anyone in this room in any form of a tribulation right now? He warned us of this. And then you know what the Lord Jesus says to his disciples? He said, now, fellas, get this, because if someone, they, sins against, they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day they come back to you and ask you to forgive them, you've got to forgive them. And, and a few weeks ago I said this, the disciples are thinking, but what about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? What happened to that? And then look in Luke 17, verse 5, what the Lord Jesus goes on and, and starts talking about. And he said, and the apostles said to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. You've got to help us with this, okay? Increase our faith. And Jesus responds and said, if you have faith as is mustard seed. So again, it wasn't so much about quantity as it was quality. And you can say to the mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots, be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. So right there, it tells me, number one, that my words have power, but it would obey me. Now, if we had time, we would look at verse 7, verse 8, and verse 9. And he talks about workers that go out into the field where to plow or to take care of the animals. And the ultimate meaning of what Jesus was saying, the, the goal of the worker was to finish the job, was to complete it, that I must complete it fully, not, not partially, not a little bit. And so when Jesus starts talking about this, he makes a major point in verse 10. Look what he says here. So likewise you, when you have done all those things which are commanded... You say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. So when I look at this right here, he mentions the word you three times, but he also says, when you do the things that you were commanded, so a, a servant is responsible to carry out to completion what his master asks us to do. Not partial, but completely. And so what I believe happens oftentimes when, when we are human beings, we start assignment. But when the assignment becomes intense and you suffer and you begin to labor, many times we, we abort what we're supposed to do. We never finish it. But when I look what Jesus says here, a true faithful, he's going to complete the assignment no matter how difficult it is, no matter how tedious it is, 
And so this is what the Lord Jesus says, I'm called to serve God no matter how difficult things come. I've got to learn to obey God. And so when I find commandments, obey God. So in this passage here, I believe the Lord Jesus is telling us the way my faith grows is a proportion to how well I obey. When I begin to obey the commands of Jesus, man, my faith just, just like this. And I'm going to take you to a passage that's going to show you some of this. Go with me into the Old Testament to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22. My actions represent true obedience. My actions represent it. Now, again, it's, it's a good thing to talk about the things of God, but it's a whole other ballgame but begin to walk them out. So when I begin to see the things that God asked me to do, and i got to get into my heart a thing of obedience. I'm going to obey. Genesis 22, verse 1. Now, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And the reason God tests us is to deepen our, our, our obedience or our capacity to obey. He gives us assignments, and you know what he said? Let's see if they'll obey me. If I don't obey him in the little things, I'll never obey him to the big things because I'll never get there. So right here, he's given Abraham a test, and he goes on to say, and he said to Abraham, and Abraham said to him, here I am. And when Abraham says, here I am, it denotes, I'm ready, but it also denotes, I fear you, Father God. And so when God speaks to Abraham, he says, here I am. Look what God says to him then. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, the hills of Jerusalem, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Now, when I look at what he tells him to do, there was no wondering what God wanted him to do. It's very clear and very precise what God told him to do. I want you to think about something. Every one of us in here that have children, how would you respond if this test was before you? Not easy at all. Maybe one of the most difficult tests in the entire Bible. Verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning. And I highlight that he rose early in the morning, and it tells me right here that he obeyed quickly. I believe one of the reasons he obeyed quickly is because he knew the longer the day that went on, the more he would try to procrastinate or say, that's really not what God meant. And so he rises early in the morning, and it says he saddled the donkey, and he took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering, and he rose and went to the place of which God had told him. So we see that he's going in this direction, and he doesn't question God. He doesn't mull around. He doesn't procrastinate. He doesn't contemplate. In our society... He doesn't text his best friend. 
He doesn't pick up the phone and say, what do you think I ought to do? Here's a good one that he didn't do. He didn't say when God told him what to do, you know what, I think I'm going to pray about it. Well, why do I need to pray about what God's already told me to do? I've used that line before. I think I'll pray about it. Well, what are you going to pray about? You're going to obey God or you're not going to obey God? And so when I read into what he begins to do here, this is incredible. Could any of these be the reason why I don't have great faith? Because I don't obey quickly. I don't do what God's asked me to do. Verse 5, verse 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw the place afar. Now when this says this, he saw the place afar. He knew what that represented. He knew how difficult this would be to do. And so Every step that he made toward the hills of Moriah, he understood what was going to have to take place. Now think about that. The closer I get to obeying, a lot of times when it becomes really difficult and I know it's going to take a lot of faith and a lot of trust and a lot of relying on God, we jump off. We bail out. But Abraham doesn't. Verse 5, and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder, and we will worship, and we will come back to you. Now, in my Bible, I highlighted something huge in there. Abraham says, we will go up, and we will worship, and then we'll come back to you. We're going to go up and worship. So was Abraham saying that me and Isaac are going to go up and sing two or three slow songs and then we're going to come back? See, a lot of times that's been our definition or that's been our view of worship. Well, let's worship the Lord. Well, let's just all sit around the fire and sing Kumbaya, just a couple worship songs. But when I read what worship was to Abraham, worship was to obey God completely and fully. Woo! To worship God is not only to obey God, to worship God is to fear God. So he said, we're going to go up and worship. Verse 6, So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and he laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and then two of them went together. More difficult. Now he's getting closer and closer and he's putting the wood on a son and they go up together and to go up the hills of the Moriah was a 700 yard journey and I can imagine how intense it begins to get. I, I can't obey God. Verse seven. But Isaac spoke to him, Abraham his father and said, my father and he said, here I am my son. Then he said, look the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Put yourself in Abraham's position. This is my son. And my son's saying, where's the offering? And Abraham knew in his heart, you're the offering. You're it. And I can imagine the intensity on him. 
verse 8. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there, and he placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and he laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now this is something that you don't see very often in this passage of Scripture. When Abraham had Isaac, Abraham was 100 years old. When this takes place, Abraham is now 137. So Isaac is 37 years old. Isaac willingly allowed his father to bind him. And Isaac was obedient. So every bit of this, guys, was a shadow of Father God and the Lord Jesus. And remember where the Lord Jesus was sacrificed? In the hills of Moriah, the same place. And so Isaac is willing. Remember, Jesus, he, he died. He was obedient to the point of death. And so Isaac was like, here I am. We keep reading here. And Abraham stretched out his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. Now we get into more intensity. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. He said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. He's still ready, and he's still fearing God. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. So what we see take place here, uh, uh, Abraham obeyed God completely. Whew. And we read that Father Abraham is the father of faith. And so how you see that Abraham becomes the father of faith is because one of the most intense tests in all the Bible, but he passed. It was like this. I, I, I don't care what anybody else feels, thinks. I've got to obey God. I'm going to obey God at all costs. And so we go to the same chapter, verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, said the Lord. I have sworn. And, and so when he says this, the reason he said he's sworn, just as I am eternal, that my promises or my oaths are eternal. And he said, I've sworn by myself. Listen to what this says. Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son your only son. You have done this thing. You have obeyed. You were obedient completely. And because you obeyed me, he says this in verse 17, blessing, I will bless you. So to walk in the blessing of God, that's just Genesis, okay? Don't worry about that. That's my Bible. To walk in the blessing of God, I've got to obey God. I've got to obey God completely. And he says, blessing I will bless you. 
and multiply, and I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of the enemies. Verse 18, now watch this. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. You have done precisely what I ask you to do. And so again, I can walk in here and if you ask me, Pastor, do you want to be blessed? Oh, I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed with the blessings of Abraham. But am I willing to do what he had to do? And that was obedience. And so as I look at all these over and over and over again, I say, Lord, you got to grace me. Increase my faith. And so the more Abraham obeyed God, the more his faith began to take off. And if you study him, he's the father of faith. Abraham is. He became our model. And when I look at what he did, he didn't luck out. He, he didn't win the lottery. He obeyed God. One last passage, and I'm going to have to really hurry to get there. Hebrews chapter 6. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Let me tuck my Bible back in here. So where we are in Hebrews, as I'm taking you there real quickly, the writer of Hebrews, he writes about Abraham's obedience. Hebrews 6, verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same, the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. So you know what he's telling us here? You got to be diligent till the end. You know what the end means? I got to complete it. I've got to complete what God tells me to do. And then he goes on to say, that you do not become sluggish. Don't become lazy. But imitate those through faith and patience, fortitude, endurance, and long-suffering. Through faith and patience, they inherit the promise. Man, I got to imitate them. Through faith and patience. Verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply and I will make you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After he had patiently endured. And so again, even when it gets uncomfortable, even when it gets hard, even when it gets difficult, and I believe it comes to this. Father God, grace me to obey you. Grace me to obey you. I, I want to obey you. And when I look at some of the times in my life that I didn't obey him quickly or, or I didn't obey him fully, none of my disobedience compared anything to what Abraham went through. And so I get it when the apostle said, Lord, you've got to increase my faith. I, I'm still there. Lord, you've got to increase my faith. You've got to help me. I, I welcome you increasing my faith.
And so I don't, I don't know what you're going through. But understand this, when I begin to see the word of God and he tells me specifically areas in my life to do things, how well do I obey? Do I obey quickly and quietly? Do I murmur? Do I complain? Or do I say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I'm ready. I'm ready. I wish I could tell you all the times in my life that's how I've responded. I haven't. Woo, God is moving within me. He's moving within me right now in incredible ways. And I believe a lot of this, guys, is I'm asking God, grace me. Grace me to obey you. I'm just going to tell you right now, don't pray that unless you mean it. Because when you start saying, grace me to obey you, oh my gosh, I'm telling you, in the last few weeks, there's been areas of my life where the Lord will say, you going to obey me? I'll, I'll hear that. You're going to obey me? And I say, yeah, 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 maybe, yeah. Are you going to obey me? Why don't you stand up here with me tonight? Mm, the goodness of God. Woo! To completion. Now, I'm going to be on this another week or two, just on this area of obedience. That God is beginning to work within all of us. You know, I had a good friend, and I know I'm, I need to quit, but he was in a really, really, really difficult situation with a child one day. And he began to pray, and he saw God move in this one area of his life, but there was another area in his life that God wasn't moving as quickly. And he began to settle, and he said, well, God, you did this for my son, so I ought to just be happy. And the Lord said this to him. He said, don't settle out of court with the devil. See, I'm thinking of my age. This was 35 years ago when this guy told me this story. And he said, don't settle out of court with the devil. You know what that means? Don't settle down here when you can walk up here. Don't settle. And I say that tonight that there's some of you in here you said, well, this happened, but it hadn't gotten over here. Remember, he said, blessing, I will bless you, and all your descendants will be blessed because of Abraham's obedience. And so I don't know what all's happened in your life. Don't settle out of court with the devil. When you see the promises of God, this is 1 Corinthians uh, one twenty. all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. You know what, let me help you with that? Are yes and so be it. So again, when God gives us a promise... Don't settle for less than what that promise is. Don't settle out of court with him. Let's bow our head. Let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. And Lord, just as I've talked, whoo, grace us. Increase our faith and grace us with our obedience tonight. Grace us to obey you quickly and quietly. Grace us, Father God, to live for you unlike any other times. And right now, all across the house of God here, Lord, grace us with what you said through the writer in Hebrews, through faith and patience you inherit. That we walk in what you desire for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, bless you. God bless all of you. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.